Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of 5 Minute Economics and this is Eugene here. Now I've not done a podcast for quite some time, so this is a brand fresh new episode and we're going to change up the format of this podcast moving forward. So instead of just covering um, economics in 5 minutes, we're going to cover a few other things like current affairs, revision tips, so basically anything under the sun. Okay, like what we're going to cover today specifically is that we will touch on three most common misconceptions that students have on the subject A-level economics. Right, and uh, if you want to read up a little bit more about this, I've actually written a blog post. You can find the blog post on tuitiongenius.com. Okay, so let's start first with the three most common misconceptions that students have about the A-level economics subject. Now, um, the first misconception actually came from um, a student that I was talking to two days ago. She was sharing with me this trial lesson that she attended with a tuition center, which engages actually very young undergraduate tutors to teach A-level economics. So what she shared me about her takeaway from that trial lesson is that she felt that the tutor um, was stressing to her that econs is a subject that you can actually score well by memorizing certain paragraphs, plug and play certain words, and this whole lesson was just focused on memorizing stuff. Right, when I, when I heard that, I was actually very, very horrified because that's actually not true. I'm going to ask all of you to consider this following A-level essay question from the 2018 paper. I'm going to read out the question to you, okay? The proposed cross-island MRT line would run through the central catchment nature reserve. An alternative route going around the reserve's southern edge would preserve Singapore's natural heritage and serve a larger number of residents. The LTA says that the alternative route will entail longer travel time, higher costs, more land acquisition, and possibly bigger engineering challenges. So part A is explain what needs to be considered when the government makes rational spending decisions about such projects. Part B is discuss whether the government should proceed with the proposed alternative route for the route for the cross-island MRT. Now guess what? There are no schools in that year that covered about the cross-island MRT line. So there would have been absolutely no way that you could have properly memorized or rehearsed an answer to a question like that. You have to actually think about the question, make use of the rational decision-making framework and apply critically, right, um, and an answer that applies to this specific context. So this one question you actually cannot possibly prepare with a rehearsed answer, okay? So what this actually means is that A-level econs requires you to really properly understand the concepts. You cannot just do a hard memorization of the content. Now, we live in a very different world today, right? In the past, when we talk about 1990s or early 2000s, there was actually an MCQ section that takes up 20% of the total score. This is during my time. So uh, I did the old curriculum and uh, the, the TYS I did three times. And because of that, I scored 30 upon 30 for my actual A-level MCQ. So uh, today's context, that's not true anymore. If you want to excel in A-level cons, you must understand the concepts. You must apply them to the real-world scenarios critically. So the chances of you writing a rehearsed answer, and this rehearsed answer actually hitting all the key points to get an L3 and high evaluation score, this is this chances are these are very, very low chances. The probability is really not, not quite <laughs> likely. Okay? So um, what you really need is an exposure to a wide range of real-world issues and figure out how the theory that we have learned can actually be applied to them. So I'm going to give you some examples of recent year A-level econ econs paper and what you know they have actually tested students on. Um, they have, I think they tested twice on Grab and Uber, especially, especially the competition that happened between them. They tested on um, how uh, the chicken distributors in Singapore actually formed the cartel an illegal cartel and they were fined by the Competition Commission of Singapore at a particular point in time. 
they also talk about the increase in water prices, the 30% increase in water prices. And um, there was also discussion on aging population in Singapore and how it affects the budget. Now, these are all real world issues and it's actually highly advantageous for students to discuss this issue before, before your economics class, uh, before your economic exams, during your economics classes. Okay, so beyond um, reading lecture notes and textbooks, you actually need to read more, um, understand more to actually include real affairs pertaining to economic issues. You cannot just memorize essays and expect to be able to use these essays at the actual exams. All right. Now, in many actually of our classes, all of these things above, right, that we've just mentioned, right, has actually um, come up for the A-levels before. Okay, so that's actually the first major misconception that econs is a memorization subject and you just need to memorize essays to get an A. That's not true. First major misconception. Let's move on to the second major misconception. So I hear this a lot, especially at the end of the year. Students saying this, yeah, I should drop from H2 to H1 because H1 is so much easier than H2. Now, I will always ask them, well, why do you want to drop from H2 to H1? They will always give me one of these following two reasons, which by the way are not true. Huh? They will say the first thing, H1 econs is a lot easier than H2 econs. Right? I will say that, okay, if you look at the scope, maybe there's some truth in that, that you know, um, H H1 econs is easier in terms of the amount of material you need to study. But if you're talking about the level of difficulty, it's not true. Right? The level of difficulty right, is about the same. H1 Econs mainly omits these two major topics, which are firms and decision and trade and globalization. Okay, a lot of students struggle with firms and decision. So if you suck at firms and decision, you want to drop H, H, uh, two Econs for H1 Econs, that might not be a bad idea. But actually, you still have one year to catch up, so you might want to think twice or so. Lah. Okay, but actually, there are very few students that actually struggle with trade and globalization. So right, it really depends on whether you struggle with these two topics or not before you decide whether you want to drop. Okay. Um, but if you are dropping because of difficulty level of questions, no. H1 questions are not a lot easier than H2 questions. The difficulty level is about the same. Okay, another common thing I hear of students who are thinking of dropping from H2 to H1 is that they say, hey, I, I suck at essay writing. My essays I always get a very poor score. So it will benefit me to drop from H2 to H1. Okay, now um, this is actually not true again, right? The H2 case study paper only has two case study of 30 marks. There's usually one 8 mark question, one 10 mark question, which are your mini essay questions. Your H1 paper, right, has two case study of 45 marks each. That means there's 15 marks more per case study, accounting for a total of 30 marks more of case study questions than the uh, H2 paper. What that means is that you cannot be that, um, that like 15 2 mark question, what? Right, so there are a lot more 8 mark, 10 marks and 12 mark questions that HR students need to answer. The skills required to answer 8 marks to 12 mark questions are similar to that of answering, answering essay question. So it doesn't mean that right, um, you drop to H1 then while well, you can give up essay writing. That doesn't work out. Okay, so there are good reasons for dropping from H2 to H1 econs. I don't deny that. But be mindful that dropping from H2 to H1 doesn't mean that the paper will be easier. Doesn't mean that you can ignore essay writing. Hey, let's move on to the last major misconception. The last misconception, and another one is that uh, it's something I heard on Reddit. Yeah, I'm actually active on Reddit once a year because I'll go during the A-level scene to share our solutions to the case study paper. So I've once come across such a remark. One student was commenting to another student, oh, um, A-level econs case study is a, like, a bit like comprehension, uh, testing your comprehension skills. So if you don't do well in essay, that's okay, you can focus on case studies. Inaccurate again. Okay, you have to focus on your essay writing regardless. Let me explain. Now, for your H2 econs, right, 60% of your marks goes to essay section. So, um, essay section takes up 60%. There are three essays. Effectively, one essay is worth 20%. Then, the case study section only takes up 40%. 
each case study is 30 marks but problem with that is that 18 marks out of the 30 marks are mini essays of 8 marks and 10 marks then that means that 60% of the 40% case study section requires essay writing skills that means to say that the, the, the essay component the mini essay component of the case study total takes up 24% of the total grade so 60% which is your essay section and then the mini essay component which is 24% total 84% of your entire A-level economics paper 1 plus paper 2 requires essay writing skills so you actually need right to develop good essay writing skills okay now um in at etg actually plays a deep emphasis on the subject matter you know we don't memorize your way we don't make you memorize your way to an a we teach you how to apply um, the theory they've learned to real world issues and we also expose you to a wide range of exam questions right so um if you're keen to find out more about um our program you can just go to tuitiongenius.com okay so we'll catch you on the next episode of five minute economics that's uh, me eugene here uh, we'll catch you on the next one